All I remember my dad looking in the back of the car and just saying, boys, tell your friends you've been to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the show. Uh, this is episode number eight, which is kind of hard to believe. We've this, made it eight episodes. Yeah, we're still together. This is Ryan. I'm still holding on to this hosting gig somehow, and I'm joined around the table with the fellas. I, I guess I got to start out with just a uh, happy Memorial Day, guys. Yeah, right yeah, back at you. Happy Memorial Day. It's a great time of year, and there's just, you know, I've been thinking about it this week. There's just so much change going on, so many things, so many memories. And one of the big things I know for us, we're all dads. We've all got kids, and they're all out of school. And I just I was thinking back about that time as a kid. It was like, other than Christmas, this is the best time of your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, You've absolutely. Got yeah. No worries. You're just thinking about how many times am I going to go yeah. swimming, what games I'm going to play each day. I mean, it's amazing. Don't you want to go back? Oh, yeah. Stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning with no repercussions. Just wake up about lunchtime, do it all again the next day. Spectacular. While the kids are excited, the parents are – Thinking when school when start? school start back, <laughs> nobody wants to admit it, but we're all ready for school to already start back. Man, I just love this time of the year just for the weather, if nothing else. I mean, my motto until about November is going to be skies out, thighs out. I mean, it's shorts Imagine and that. t-shirts and flip flops until November, man. I'm not joking. If I was you, I'd go with tank tops. <laughs> Let the guns out. Show too. the guns off. Yeah. yeah, your thighs are actually muscular enough to show off. So. <laughs> <laughs> my wife did compliment my legs the other day, so. Oh, shout out! Nice. To, shout out to my nice. wife. Yeah, uh, my 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 wife said I had small biceps. So. Yeah, <laughs> my wife has referred to my legs in the same sentence as chicken, so not not the same here. So my wife doesn't talk about my body. <laughs> <laughs> now I love this time of year too, man. The weather's—it's like the perfect weather set right now. It's like 80s. You know, it's nice and warm, not hot, but but you can go out in shorts in the morning, not freeze to death. So yeah, love this time of year. You know, the pools are opening, so first good. Swimming weekend, Memorial Day, doesn't get much better than this time of year. Because right now we're in that sweet spot to where it's not too hot, it's not too cold. Yeah. You know, you get to June and July, and like you literally, you go outside for a few seconds, you're like, all right, I kind of want to go back inside yeah. with air conditioning Yeah, what's the AC? So we got about three days yeah. left before it gets 100 degrees. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> so perfect and, time of year. And where's the line where like pools open and close? Like if, there, if there's somebody in Miami listening to this, they're thinking, what are you talking about? Yeah, the why, do you, why would it's you close open. the pool? Like, there's got to be a line yeah. somewhere where, like, well, well traditionally, it's always been Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yeah, around but, here, anyways. But we've we've started pulling that. I think it's we're pulling it back. It's kind of like daylight savings time. We pull it back a couple of weeks and extend it out a couple yeah. of weeks. You remember though, being a kid when that pool first opened up, and you might have had a little cold stretch getting into. It did not matter. As soon as the no. cover was off, you come you come out of that thing blue. It's like, no, nah, is it cold? No, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Shiver, <laughs> sit out in the sun yeah. for a couple of minutes, yeah. go right back in. <laughs> yeah. It's also like the busiest travel weekend of the year. So um, excited about that. If you're going to the airport, I'll actually be coming back uh, on Memorial Day from uh, Midwest. So really excited about that. Are you flying? I will be flying, Ooh. yes, with the family. Ooh, so, yeah. even better. Oh, yeah. Bonus points for you. That moves you up in the line to getting to heaven for sure. Yeah, well, I, I have A-list. My family does not. So I just save good, them seats good luck as best to, I can. Good luck to you. Yeah, right. I'll see you <laughs> so in, in Nashville. Well, yeah, I think it's, like Adam said, it's the kickoff to, like, the big travel season of the year. Everybody's looking forward to their family vacations, sun, uh, different things that they can do with their kids that you can't do during the school year. And that's really what our episode is going to be about today. I mean, we've had a, a life full of vacations, lots of great memories, 
and probably more important for this podcast, lots of bad memories, funny things that have happened along the way. I mean, you never come back from a vacation without a story. Or scars or battle wounds. Yes. Before we do that, I mean, we're also going to hit a couple of our usual segments. We'll go with the two-minute drill, finish it off sadly with our last week of the bunker draft. It'll be coming to a close this week. Man, hard to believe. I feel pretty good about mine, I got to tell you. I'm excited. That's where the fans are going to vote on the best bunker after that, correct? Is yes. that the, uh, that's the plan, right? Exactly. But don't worry. We'll, we'll have something in store after the bunker draft is over. Oh, yeah. Hearing us mention all those things about Memorial Day and what we think of, sadly, that's usually the first things that come to mind. And if you really stop and just for a second and think about what Memorial Day is about and all the millions of men and women that have died uh, so that we can sit here and do this podcast today, it's kind of humbling just to stop and, and yep. think about that. You think about right now, we're all sitting around talking about vacations that we're going to take. Meanwhile, American men and women are laying in sand and in the jungle, literally around the world, away from their families, so we can do whatever the heck we want to do for Memorial Day. And Since the Revolutionary War, there's believed to be between 1.4 and 1.5 million Americans, just Americans alone, that have given their life in service to this country. So you think about it's kind of a crazy stat that... You know, a lot of those were young men, especially like World War II. There's a lot of 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old men that gave their life because they believed in a cause. Yeah, you're right, Kyle. That really makes me think of all the sacrifices that uh, the men and women of this great country make, you know, day in and day out. Today, I'm really excited that um, I'll be doing a, a workout at my gym called Murph. It's a, it's a workout that pretty much all the CrossFit gyms uh, do, and it's to honor fallen soldier Michael Murphy. It was his favorite workout. And it consists of a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then another one-mile run. Now, if you're a man, you also do it with a 20-pound weight vest. So I'm still debating on whether or not I'm going to be a man on that day and do it with a weight vest or not. (laughs) But uh, I just hope to survive. I want to tell the story about Murph because it's such a powerful story. So just bear with me here for a little bit, and I'm going to... I'm actually going to tell a story here. So on June 28, 2005, Lieutenant Murphy was the officer in charge of a four-man SEAL element in support of Operation Red Wing, tasked with finding key anti-coalition militia commander near Afghanistan. Shortly after inserting into the objective area, the SEALs were spotted by three goat herders who were initially detained and then released. It is believed the goat herders immediately reported the SEALs' presence to Taliban fighters. A fierce gun battle ensued on the steep face of the mountain between the SEALs and a much larger enemy force. Despite the intensity of the firefight and suffering grave gunshot wounds himself, Murphy is credited with risking his own life to save the lives of his teammates. Murphy, intent on making contact with headquarters, but realizing this would be impossible in the extreme terrain where they were fighting, unhesitatingly and with complete disregard for his own life, moved into the open area where he could gain a better position to transmit a call to get help for his men. Moving away from the protective mountain rocks, he knowingly exposed himself to increased enemy gunfire. This deliberate and heroic act deprived him of cover and made him a target for the enemy. While continuing to be fired upon, Murphy made contact with the Bagram Air Base. He calmly provided his unit's location and the size of the enemy force while requesting immediate support for his team. At one point, he was shot in the back, causing him to drop the transmitter. Murphy picked it back up, completed the call, and continued firing at the enemy who was closing in. Severely wounded, 
Lieutenant Murphy returned to his cover position with his men and continued the battle. As a result of Murphy's call, an MH-47 Chinook helicopter with eight additional SEALs and eight Army Night Stalkers aboard was sent in as part of the QRF to extract the four embattled SEALs. As the Chinook drew nearer to the fight, a rocket-propelled grenade hit the helicopter, causing it to crash and killing all 16 men aboard. On the ground and nearly out of ammunition, the four SEALs continued to fight. By the end of a two-hour gunfight that careened through the hills and over cliffs, Murphy, gunner's mate, second-class SEAL, Danny Dietz, and sonar technician, second-class SEAL, Matthew Axelson, had fallen. An estimated 35 Taliban were also dead. The fourth SEAL, hospital corpsman, uh, second-class SEAL, Marcus Luttrell, was blasted over a ridge by a rocket-propelled grenade and knocked unconscious. Though severely wounded, the fourth SEAL and sole survivor Luttrell was able to evade the enemy for nearly a day, after which local nationals came to his aid, carrying him to a nearby village where they kept him for three more days. Luttrell was rescued by U.S. forces on July 2nd. By his undaunted courage, intrepid fighting spirit, and inspirational devotion to his men in the face of certain death, Lieutenant Murphy was able to relay the position of his unit, an act that ultimately led to the rescue of Luttrell and the recovery of the remains of the three who were killed in battle. The, the amazing thing to me about that story, thinking about four guys, you know, managing to take out 35 Taliban in the process of all they were going through, and it's it's hard for me to read that story without getting a little, you know, teary-eyed and choked up about it, and just thinking about how heroic that man was and how you know heroic everybody else was. Knowing you're probably going to die. Yeah, I like absolutely. Your end game is to die, but you refuse to give up. It's unbelievable. You know, when you think about that, it makes you think about Memorial Day and, and, you know, in a whole different light, and it really puts things into perspective. Yeah, you've got the time, you know, with your family, but, you know, it's too, it's so easy sometimes to forget about the ones that actually make it possible for you to enjoy that time. There's a few people born in, in, in this world that have that ability to perform in those situations and, and prepare themselves to die to save other people. And, you know, thank God they're Americans is all yeah. I can say. So this is the third round of the two-minute drill. For those listeners that picked up on episode eight for some odd reason, uh, I'm going to go back through the rules one more time. We're going to pick an interviewee each week. They're going to be randomly drawn. The questions obviously will be kept a secret. The interviewee will be kept on the hot seat for 90 seconds, which is odd that we call it the two-minute drill, but it's only 90 seconds. And then the goal of the person answering the questions is to answer as many questions possible uh, within those 90 seconds. We're going to keep track of how many answers each person answers throughout the six weeks, and the loser will get doused with water in a creative way from the Wheel of Water app. Everybody understand the rules? Yep. Over the last couple episodes, Adam was first. He came through uh, with a solid 21 answers. Week two was Lance. He also came through with a solid 21 answers. So there's a tie right now at the top or the bottom, however you want to see it. Whoever it is needs 22. Yep. And now we're ready for week three. So Lance, get out the hat. Let's uh, let's do a draw. All right, let's draw it up. Kyle, go ahead, reach in there and pick out a name. Oh, I drew myself. <laughs> oh, there you go. Don't worry, man. I, I don't think that's legal. I should redraw, right? <sighs> no, right. it's legal, man. 
Let Don't worry, loose. you're gonna do great, man. Let me get loose. You're born ready. Somebody get the timer ready. Timer's ready. All right, count me off. Three, two, one. How old are you? Thirty-seven. What do you do for a living? Project manager. If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? Professional golfer. What is your wife's middle name? Ashley. How long have you been married? Eleven years. How old are your kids? Sorry, eight years. Let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, five one. If you had to trust one of us in the room with rescuing one of your children from a zombie horde, who would it be? Ryan. Are you a front wiper or a back wiper? I uh, wipe from the front. Would you rather get a facial tattoo or pierce your belly button? Uh, tattoo. You're directing a movie about your life. Who plays you? Jansen. What is the last movie you cried in? A sea biscuit. What is your favorite fast food chain? <laughs> Chick-fil-A. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, X-Men. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, Captain America. Who is your first celebrity crush? Uh, yeah, Danny Jackson. Do you double dip your <laughs> chips? No. Would you rather have to announce to everyone around you when you have to fart or pee your pants daily? Fart. Favorite place to vacation? Destin. What is your favorite podcast other than ours? Uh, no laying up. What is your top bucket list item? Uh, Pebble Beach Golf. How long does it take you to get ready? Five minutes. Favorite junk food? Pizza. MJ. All right. 23. Oh, yeah, we got it. Go. New leader, leader in the clubhouse. There we go. Even with my stumble coming up with Janet Jackson, I have no celebrity crush <laughs> on Janet Jackson. I have no idea why she popped into my head, but I had to go I'd, with something. I'd, I'd like to say for the record, you asked those questions way faster than Ryan asked he, questions. He you were very, so very controversy, yeah. we, controversy. We, we were wow. not on two times speed. That was normal speed. Well, I wanted to make sure I wasn't I also had to correct. We were married in 2011, but we've been married eight years. So, yeah, I don't want to get myself in trouble with the lady. Does that go back down to, uh, to 22 correct answers since you... I think so. Answered one incorrectly. Yeah, Do we need a, a? He actually answered two incorrectly when he said he wiped from the front. Yeah. Or no, he said you're a wi- back wiper. I am. Yeah. He said there's some confusion there, maybe. <laughs> oh, he there's said front. Lots of confusion. confusion, confusion all right. I start because I stopped for a second when you said it and thought. That and you also admitted right, you don't have a crush on Janet Jackson. All right, we got two more picks going into our bunker today. These are going to close out our bunker. So once we pick these, they're done. We will put this up on our website and on our socials uh, so you guys can vote and see who has the best bunker, who's most likely to survive in a doomsday scenario. We're sticking with the Memorial Day theme. We're looking at our heroes. All right, so the first pick today is going to be a superhero, comic book or superhero type movie. And then the second pick is going to be a war hero. A real war hero. A real war hero. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, you cannot uh, Google search anybody that was uh, uh, a member of the Star, Star Wars. Okay. Captain Han Solo. Does John Rambo work? <laughs> Let's generate our random order for the draft today. And the first pick today goes to Kyle. Oh, yes. Finally, right, he won one. All right, so this superhero is obvious. It's uh, one of the biggest characters in movies now. But when I was a kid growing up, nobody knew who it was. I'm going with the one, the only, Captain America. Good pick. Yep. Solid. I mean, yeah. can you really wrong. diss any no, superhero? No, I mean, yeah. Captain America. All right. Second pick is me. Uh, so, oh, how do you always end up in the top <laughs> yeah, two? I don't know. I don't know. I promise you, it is. It is uh, 
random order, mostly random. Kyle to Captain America, I think I'm going to go with uh, my favorite superhero, and that would be Batman. Even though he doesn't actually have physical superpowers, pretty smart, pretty reliable. He's used to living under the ground, so I think he could handle a bunker scenario. Does he bring the Batmobile with him? It's parked outside. Parked outside, okay. The utility belt is coming handy. You had to oh, get yeah. there somehow. Yeah. Which, yeah. which Batman? Are we talking Adam West? Batman? I think we're going. Yeah, we, Pow! we've got to go. <laughs> Christian, Christian Bell, Christian Bell yeah. is the the, the quintessential Batman. Yeah. Pick three, Lance. I'm pretty excited about this pick. I'm going with Thor because he is actually a god of thunder. If you didn't know that, so I've got a god in the bunker with me. That's kind of cool. He also possesses an enchanted hammer that allows him the ability to fly. And manipulate manipulate weather. Thor, pretty psyched about him. He's a strong guy. He's as strong as the Hulk, and he can absorb a lot of damage. So, I feel really, really solid with Thor. Lance, you're no longer the best looking guy in your bunker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just outed yourself. Yeah. So, so Hemsworth, I guess that's the that's the yeah. guy that's in there with me. Dang it. Now that I okay. think about it, Captain America might be stealing my ladies. Hot shoes. Oh. Pick number four, Ryan. Okay. Well, I'm excited about this one. This is the only superhero that can water your crops, strike down your enemies with a bolt of lightning, oh, I know where you're going. blow away the radioactive material that may be outside of our bunker, and also reproduce children. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Storm Good from pick. X-Men. Hot. Good pick. The Halle Berry. The Halle Berry Storm. Super hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Can all I right. redo my pick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking away all my women with my pick. Man. I'd, Good call. Pick number five for the superheroes is Jansen. Okay, I can't believe this one's uh, still available, but I'm going with Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Oh, yeah, that was number two. Not only is he, you know, super capable superhero, but he's also a genius. So any chance of us getting out of the bunker, actually surviving, I think he'd be my best bet. Yeah, and he came out of that cave with an Iron Man suit, too. That's right. Pretty good pick. Adam Ray, I know you're not used to picking at the end, but here it is again, pick number six. Well, I had Batman, and now I don't. So, <laughs> the, I think the second... I, I honestly thought Superman would have been yeah. right up there with Batman, if not first. Who do you think uh, Bob Vance will get along best with? Well, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny you say that. The so, man, man of Steel, Brett? Mr. Freeze, I think <laughs> Bob Vance will. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I see where you went there. It's my pick, right? I'm just, I'm just making sure. I can't have only one female. I'm going to go with Supergirl instead of Superman. Oh, nice, so... Nice. Um, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Supergirl. Yeah. Good All right. There you go. So wrapping back around to you, Adam, you get to start off the picks for actual <clears throat> war heroes. All right. So my war hero is going to be Pat Tillman. Oh, awesome. uh, If you don't know Pat Tillman, Pat was a safety for the Arizona Cardinals. He left a multi-million dollar contract on the table to join the army after 9-11 attacks. He put his country first and he died for it. He is a freaking hero. Here, wow. here on that. Hey, Great man. pick. Bad Great man. pick. <clears throat> Pick two, Jansen. On my war hero, this is really in my wheelhouse. I mean, all these guys, there's just too many to really pick from. In Jan- the recent years... Jansen's got a shirt with ARs on it right now. Yeah, so. in the shape <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah, shout out to American uh, flag. We love you guys. But, uh, We're waiting for your sponsorship. I am going I'm gonna go with uh, the one and only Robert O'Neill. Robert O'Neill was also a Navy SEAL, but he was a part of uh, SEAL Team 6. For those who aren't aware, Robert O'Neill was part of the team that raided um, Bin Laden's compound and killed him. He was also part of the team that rescued Captain Phillips when he was captured by the Somali pirates. 
Robert O'Neill has been around. He's seen it all, and he's a um, he's an American hero. Great pick. Next pick, Ryan. All right, I'm going to go with a slightly <clears throat> more personal pick for this one. I'm going to go with my granddad. Nice. I called him Papa. His name was Cleran Smith. He was in World War II. He served for several years. He was in General Patton's 3rd Division. He started out in a tank. He was a navigator as well as helping the positioning to, to get the artillery into the right spot. His tank got, I don't, we don't know the story because he wouldn't talk about it like a lot of veterans won't. Yeah. He didn't tell you much. Had a but grandfather, same one. The artillery shell came and either hit the edge of the tank or came close. It busted one of his eardrums. And so after that, he was moved to the kitchen, a pastry chef. And that's what we all know him as, wow. as a great baker. So this is my only opportunity to get a family member that I miss dearly uh, into the bunker. One of my best friends in life, somebody that I can trust, super hilarious, and will bring the entire bunker together. Wow. Looking cool. forward to seeing him again. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome pick. Lance. So, Ryan, I'm also going with a little bit of a family pick, although this is uh, not immediate family. This is fifth cousin four times removed on my grandmother's side. Her name, Alta York. So mm. I'm going with Tennessee native Alvin York, uh, one of the most decorated soldiers of war, World War I, uh, killed 25 and captured 132, um, just a very decorated soldier, Alvin York. Fun fact about Alvin York, when they gave him his Medal of Honor, the, uh, the presenter said, yeah, we got the story that you captured the entire German army basically by yourself, which was 132 people, and he said, and he was the most humble guy ever. He said, unfortunately, sir, I was only able to capture 132 by <laughs> A real American hero. All right, I've got the next pick. I didn't read a lot of war books growing up, but I did read a lot of books about baseball. And I'm going with a guy named Ted Williams, who mm-hmm. is one of the, the greatest baseball players, if not the greatest hitter that's ever played the game. But he also took about a four-year hiatus in the middle of his prime uh, and went and fought in World War II. Uh, and then came back and the next season that after he came back batted over 340 with almost 40 home runs and 120 RBIs after a tour in in World War II. After he finished playing baseball, he went back and flew planes in Korea uh, several years later. The dude was, I just can't imagine somebody today like Bryce Harper taking time out and going and fighting uh, in Afghanistan for four years and then coming back and actually playing the game again. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and they said that he was actually one of the most gifted pilots the Air Force had. They said he was – un- that's where they figured out his vision was like 2014 or 15 was when he was flying planes. He was an uncanny pilot, they said. Oh, yeah. All right, Kyle, close us out. All right, I'm going to go with a guy you may or may not heard of, but he ended up as a Major General James Day. At the time, he was a corporal in World War II, and he was tasked with holding a position called Sugar Hill. It was in uh, it was Japanese held, and uh, Americans had finally taken the hill, and he was charged with holding off uh, the Japanese from retaking the hill. And they had bunkered in to the top of the hill, and then they were proceeded to attack. They were attacked for three days solid uh, by Japanese forces. Upon the first attack, basically the entire squadron was wiped out except for a handful of guys and a couple were injured so they were down to three or four guys they had a sustained attack for like three days and he basically held off the entire japanese whatever squadron however you want to say it by himself at the end of the three days the japan the japanese finally stopped trying to take the hill and reinforcements were able to get there and outside of his bunker they counted that he had killed over 100 japanese soldiers by himself with uh 
just a just a rifle and a pistol. So Major General James Day went on to become a major general and served through the Korean War. And he was awarded the Medal of Honor for that. A real American hero. Gentlemen, thank you for your service and thank you for hanging out with us on this bunker draft. We'll get these picks up soon and you can vote and see who you think is gonna have the best bunker in the end. So guys, we've touched on the real meaning of Memorial Day today. Also, Memorial Day is the unofficial start of the summer vacation season, and we thought today we'd kind of reminisce on some of our most memorable vacation moments. Uh, we're all in our mid-30s, early 40s, so I know we've definitely got you know some good memories in there. For, for me, I automatically just think about last year when I was at the beach with Destin. I'm sorry, when I was at the beach at Destin. What's her name again? <laughs> oh, hey. I thought her name was Timmy, but know what I know. So I automatically think about last year when I was at the uh, beach in Destin with uh, my family and just seeing Jackson uh, approach the water and seeing the seeing the seeing seeing it rise up and hit his toes for the first time and him experiencing sand. That was just one of the most memorable things that you know comes to mind for me. So so guys, what are, what are some of you guys' most uh, memorable moments? Yours sounds like a, a more fond memory. That's a home. Than, that's a hallmark. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot of hallmarks. <laughs> My memory that's is okay. terrible, as I mentioned, and you guys know. So most of what I can recall are things that went wrong. Disaster situations. Oh no! In Destin, about maybe 15 years ago. So this is the post-college trip. My mom, my sister, and I were down there in Destin. I think it's just the three of us. And so my sister is a scuba diver. I am not. Never been before, but she wanted to go. You know, being a good big brother, giving up a day of vacation on the beach just to go with her. I'm not scuba diving. I'm just going to ride on the boat. That's it. That's my sole purpose. Keep her company. So we get out there. She loads up, you know, all of her gear. I'm helping her. I get on the boat. We get out into the bay. I mean, I swear we're not even like 500 yards from the shore. And I'm like, oh, wait Wait a minute. What? Something's going on. So I'm, I start, you know, within a matter of minutes, I'm moving around the boat thinking, where is it mo- least likely for me to get sick? I'm trying the top. That's not the spot. If you don't know, that's not the spot. That's the <laughs> spot that moves the most. <laughs> and so by the time we get out to the dive site, you're green. Hanging, oh, I'm green. Yeah. Just fighting it. So this is, you're thinking this is coming out the top or the bottom or both? Oh, definitely coming out the top. Okay. And, and as a man, I mean, I'm embarrassed. There's like 60, 70 people in this yeah. boat. I'm humiliated. I at least let all the divers get in the water. There's probably 15 or 20 of us left. I have to hang over the edge. So Bart, before this, you're thinking, okay, I'll go on this. I'll hang out on the boat, catch some sun. This exactly. will be fine. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Turn south so quick. So I'm, I'm hanging over the edge. I throw up. I feel better. Everybody's thrown up. You throw up a couple times, you feel better, right? Did you throw up while the divers were in the water? Divers are in the nice. water. Nice. So yes. they're swimming around your chunks. When they're coming back up, there's there's so a, you chum there's in the a wa- chance. You're chumming the water. There's just some barnacles floating around. <laughs> but this is where the story gets good. My sister comes back up, and you know this is probably 45 minutes later. I'm not feeling good, but I'm feeling okay. My mental strength is overtaken at this point. Well, one of the kids that's on the boat, somebody brought like a six-year-old. I've never wanted to throw a six-year-old in the water more <laughs> in my life. I hate this kid. I still hate him. <laughs> so he has seen this whole thing happen. And so my sister comes up. I guess he's been eyeing me the whole time. He's just dancing around this boat. I'm just th- I'm wanting him to be still. He walks over to me and he starts going, 
Oh no! <laughs> and you've got to be kidding! Me. I was. I wanted to punch him in the face. So hopefully uh, this, this kid's in prison by now, right? We're probably yeah. yes. So, Somebody killed him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a punk kid. Yeah. He's going to be a bully one day. Right. I can just tell. Yeah, he's bullying me. The sound of it is starting to make me sick again. Oh, and no. I know that. I know I shouldn't let a you know six year old get in my head, but he did. Right. But he's in there. He's dancing around but in once, your head. Once you get seasick, you don't recover until you're on land. You I gotta don't hit care. land. Yep. You don't. But in my mind, the, once I saw the first diver pop back up, I thought this is almost over. I didn't know the itinerary. Everybody gets back up, and the the captain comes on the speaker and he goes. All right, everybody. It's only 30 more minutes out to our next dive site. <sighs> and as soon as I heard those words, I just had to hang over again. So nobody else on the boat is sick. Oh, no. I'm the only one out of like 70, 80 people. So water's not rough. You just got sick. Yeah, I'm just weak. I'm yeah. just like, I can't handle it. You're My not, sister, you're not of Captain course, Morgan. is cracking up. The kid stays on me the rest of the time. Making those vomiting sounds. Worst parents in the world. Yeah, terrible. They're not, they're not even trying to like re, you know rein him in at they're, all. They're they're enjoying it as well. And so, anyways, great. I'm a great big brother, but uh, it ruined that day and the next day of my vacation as I got to lay in and recover from my vertigo or seasickness or whatever uh, it is that I had. Jess and I had been married maybe a year somewhere along that lines, and her mom and dad and me and her go to Jamaica. Super excited. Never been to the islands. So we're down there for like six days or something. We're to the full. Uh, all-inclusive deal at a super nice resort you're constantly eating you're laying out on the beach you're you're in the swimming pool with a swim-up bar so you're living your best life that you can live day two or three my my system is just like all right dude you've ate enough what have you done you've drank way too much something's happening you're like are you giving up on life are you trying to kill your your body i've had enough of it i start having these urges like man i've got to get to the bathroom but Man, I've ate so much and drank so much. Like, my system is just... And just different food, you know, seafood, jerk chicken, stuff you never eat. And my system just completely locked up. I feel like we've heard this story before. Yes, yes, we're going down a dark path here. (laughs) This involve a pair of uh, American Eagle cactus? No, no, I wished it would have. This was the opposite effect. I got so stopped up that I couldn't go to the bathroom. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I was like the state puff marshmallow, man. I just kept swelling. There was more going in, nothing coming out. And about the third or fourth day, I woke up. I've got the worst case of hemorrhoids in human history. I don't know if this is the right time for me to learn this, but exactly what is a hemorrhoid? I've never had so, one. So it's like... <laughs> Dr. Binkley's yeah, on the case. Yeah. yeah. It's basically... Do I need to WebMD this? Or yeah, you it's, probably, it's okay. probably better that you WebMD it for our <laughs> listeners' sake, but it's basically a small part of your colon decides it needs to come out. It's okay, just like a enough. polyp thing. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's out instead of in. There'll be uh, illustrations on our social media <laughs> yeah. later on today. So here I am. I mean, this I've never had this before, but I, I obviously know what it is. You know, you jump on Google like, okay. And it's bad. I mean, I'm in bad shape here. We're scheduled to go on like a tour of Jamaica where you get in this tour van. We're riding all over the place. Well, you can imagine the roads in Jamaica are not what I'd call good. They are bad at best. I can attest to this. I've been to Jamaica yeah. two or three times, and it's like a roller coaster. Yes. I mean, you you drive in a pothole, come out of that pothole, drive in another pothole. Like 30 minutes in, I'm hovering over my seat because 
you know, if anybody's had hemorrhoids, it's it, you just cannot sit down. You're fine standing up, nothing's wrong. Sit down, it's excruciating pain. So, man, I ride around that day in Jamaica in just a heaving sweat. My legs are killing me because and arms because I'm holding myself up in this little cheap van hitting all these potholes. So we get back to the last stop, and the guy's like, all right, we're about 10, 15 minutes away from being having y'all back at the resort. And I, I ease up to the front, and I'm like, dude, do y'all have, like, Walgreens or some sort of pharmacy or something? He's like, well, what do you, what do you need? I said, dude, I'm just going to put this to you bluntly. I've got the worst case of hemorrhoids I've ever had <laughs> that anybody's ever had. you got to get me to some sort of pharmacy, and I don't know what I'm going to get there, but i got to have something. I've never done drugs in my life, but I and I was in Jamaica. I was thinking about I was hurting so bad. I was like, you know, it's time for me to just go ahead and just get full-blown in the drug scene down here in Jamaica. So he drops me off at this local Jamaican pharmacy, and whatever's floating through your mind right now is exactly what you think. It's like... I can't believe I'm going into this place. And it's one of those, you open the door and everybody slowly turns and looks at you like, what are you doing here? You go over and ask the pharmacist, quote unquote. I'm pretty sure all they're doing is selling weed out of here. I'll just yeah. go ahead and tell you full disclosure. I'm like, what do you guys have for hemorrhoids? Well, do you want some weed? I'm like, no, I need something for hemorrhoids. <laughs> you sure you don't want any weed? No, I just, so I go back to this corner that's got some ointments and cream that They've had probably since the 70s. So you don't even want to check the dates on anything. You just, yeah, just give me that. So I spent the next two or three days in Jamaica trying to treat the worst case of that. The flight back was awful. So we get back home, and I tell Jessica, I'm like, we got you got to take me to the doctor. So we go to the urgent care clinic. The, the doctor in there is about 60 or 65 years old. He, of course, probably very familiar with hemorrhoids. Yes. That's the doc I've got. He's like, yep, yeah, no surprise. You you know, over foreign country, eating a lot of food, probably drinking a little bit. Yes, sir, that's exactly what's happened. (laughs) He said, well, I'm going to put you up on the table and examine. I kid you not, and my wife was in there. This 65-year-old doctor gets down there, starts the exam, goes, holy crap, that's the worst hemorrhoids I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) He confirmed it. Yes. Worst case. Worst case. And I'm thinking, oh, that's spectacular. Holy crap is not a word you ever want to hear your doctor no, say. That no, that or gross. Yeah, well, was this a Jamaican doctor? Because mm-hmm. I'm just imagining somebody saying this in a Jamaican. No, accent. no, no, no. This is really crap funny. Man. I was Holy not. Crap I was not even about to go to a Jamaican doctor. I would just die at the resort before I would do that. I got back home and, like I said, I, I got to this doctor. Don't worry, man. Be don't, happy. Don't worry. I'll fix it for you. Yeah. I don't know why my Jamaican just sounded Russian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vlad off was in Russia. Just do accents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boris. Yeah, Boris, the Jamaican doctor. Man, Kyle, that was unreal. If you had not been sitting right here in front of me, I don't think I'd believe that story. And <laughs> you, just, should have, you should have been there. And just when I thought we were actually going to make it through an episode without talking about poop. <laughs> I just wished I could have pooped. There I would love to have been pooping. Adam, can you please steer us away from the poop? Yeah, I'm going to go the other direction. So uh, I've got a very similar story to Ryan. All right, so in sixth grade, our entire class went to Myrtle Beach for a beach trip. And on the second day we were there, we decided we were all going to go on deep sea fishing trip. Never been deep sea fishing. Never even been in, in out into the ocean at this point in my oh, life. Oh, no. So we get out there, and, you know, everything's fine. Just kind of like what Ryan was saying. Everything's fine at first. And then all of a sudden, about maybe half an hour into it, you start feeling it's like, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm getting a little nauseous. So It's like worse than the flu. Worse. Yeah. So fast forward literally the entire boat with the exception of the captain his crew and maybe three other people the whole boat's sick okay and this wasn't like hurricane force winds this was just a pretty normal day in south carolina but the whole boat is sick and i'll never forget this was like 30 years ago i'll never forget this as long as i live 
So me and my buddy, Nathan is his name, uh, if he's listening. So we're sitting in the galley area and to where we can see the captain and his crew. And we're both hugging a bucket for yeah, good reason. You haven't lived. You share a bucket with another oh, man no. puking. No, we've got our own buckets, but yeah, we're share, <laughs> we're, we're hugging these buckets, man. We're so sick. And we had, keep in mind, we haven't even gotten to the place the that we're going. <laughs> so he goes, uh, my buddy goes, when are we going to stop? And the captain goes, oh, we got about 30 more minutes. He goes, we got to stop now. because just like you said ryan it obviously in your mind you're thinking oh my gosh we've got 30 more minutes we're gonna stop and then we got to turn around and go two hours back plus you can smell the squid or whatever they're churning up for fish (laughs) oh that smell alone will make you want to ryan's getting seasick already oh yeah so I found it very amusing that we decided to talk about memorable memorable vacation moments and the first thing that comes to most everybody's mind are the bad stuff. Or the disasters. That, you know, yeah. you, they always say that you only re- leave a review when it's like bad service. Right. Yeah. And you don't right. leave one when it's good. So it's, it's funny that we remember all the bad stuff. And, and honestly, along the same lines, I remember, I, I think some of the stuff that sticks out to me the most about vacations is actually the getting ready part for the vacation. Yeah, the lead up. And... You know, it's totally different getting you and your wife ready for a vacation as opposed to getting you, your wife, and your kids ready for a vacation. <laughs> it's a whole different ball game. All the vacations that we've taken with our kids, there has been a moment where I'm packing up the car, all the stuff, where I completely lose it, and I'm just like, I'm done. Vacation's canceled. We're not going anywhere. We're staying home. Right after you, you finish, go, you uh, go prime. You go Primal Daniel and just lose yeah. it out in the driveway. Or after you finish washing bottles, too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My back's sore. Like, I just can't do it. But, yeah, like, I, I mean, all the stuff that you actually have to do to get ready for a vacation, it's all worth it, you know, when you get there. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, y'all have some crazy stories about getting ready or, or even I haven't personally lost luggage or anything like that. But, I mean, if y'all had bad experiences in terms of getting to your destination – I've had some, well, yeah, I, look, I can relate to the packing. I mean, every dad's role is to be the packer. Yeah. And even if you're good at it or not good at it, that's that's just what you do. Yeah. Literally, by the time you get in the car, if you're driving or even going to the airport, you're stressed out. Oh, right. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody else's wife is like this. She likes to broadcast to America, hey, our house is empty. We're going on vacation. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. always wonder. Yeah. She always that. takes, we're not even out of the driveway. And she's yeah. like, hey, let's take a selfie. Yeah. After I've, you know, profusely sweating back in the car. Yeah, right. We'll right. be gone for a week. Come rob yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you said luggage, uh, I hope Southwest isn't going to be one of our sponsors one day because I'm getting ready to trash them. But I, we, we go to Chicago a couple times before we had kids. And I remember getting my luggage back. I look at it and you just know, you're thinking, is that? Is that my luggage? It does not look the same. And the zipper is all split open. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy. Yeah. And so literally I'm having to like carry my back, this luggage back, like it's a football, like <laughs> all the way, like tuck it up under my arm <laughs> to keep all the clothes inside. And so the, the one of the funnier memories that everybody laughed about was on the trip with us, had, you know, three or four other couples. And so we, when you're in Chicago, you go shopping, right? And so we, we, we did a bunch of shopping. You know, I'm not planning ahead at this point. I'm thinking – when I leave, crap, how, how is my bag going to stay together? <laughs> so I spend part of the last night getting twine 
<laughs> from a off off a tag from my shirt. Not a new bag. You yeah. bought twi- twine. <laughs> no, I didn't buy it. There was twine that was holding a tag on my shirt. Like, I don't know, probably 10 inches. I take said twine, sew it in to hold my zipper, my thing shut. I buy some duct tape, duct tape the thing around. I'm all ready to go. And as we are rolling and walking in Chicago, as you do, to get to the trains and all that, one of my wheels falls off. Because <laughs> I'm literally, as you can imagine, me just walking down the streets of Chicago for like a mile going. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought maybe it. you got a toothpick and put the wheel back yeah. on with some yarn yeah. and a toothpick. With a bag, right. with, a bag with duct tape. So this I, was, I've never needed MacGyver more. Right. Thank you, Southwest. So this was post, uh, post-college. Ryan just gotten married and was like, yeah, I'm not spending money on a bag. I can put this back Yeah, yeah it's too yeah, poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poor, the poor days of And married. not as resourceful as I might be Right, now. right. I don't know why, but this reminded me of a really stressful time my wife and I had in the airport when we were actually coming back from our honeymoon. Granted, we had like the best vacation ever when we actually went on the honeymoon. We went to this small Caribbean island called Dominica, and if you go to small islands like that, it's not like you can take Delta or Southwest to get there. No, it doesn't work (laughs) like that. Most of the times you fly into Puerto Rico, and from there you have to take like a smaller aircraft that actually has like a propeller and everything. Yeah, you talk, you take Bob's Air Service where he's yeah. out there hand cranking the airplane. Yeah, I felt, up. Yeah. I felt real safe yeah. <laughs> on that aircraft, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> we're trying to make connecting flights, and we're in Puerto Rico, and we're kind of in the customs line, and all I can see is just this huge line of people, and I'm very like logical in terms of like, you know, our flight is this time, you know, we just landed here. I'm like, oh crap, we're not going to make it. So I'm stressing out. So I'm I'm going to anybody who actually you know speaks English in the airport, and they they actually kind of move us to the front of the line. We get through customs, and like we're literally running through the airport to get to our A1, C1, whatever that thing is. Um, <laughs> the so gate. The gate. Thank you. <laughs> so we're 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 running, trying to get to the gate. My wife ran track in college, so she was like a collegiate athlete, and I'm like, come on, like hurry up. We're about to like miss our flight. And I'm sitting here, like, running faster than her, and I'm like, how is this even possible? You're in track. Come on. Like, we got to move it. Like, I'm freaking out because I'm thinking we're literally going to get stuck in Puerto Rico. Like, I don't even have my belt on all the way, and I'm just booking it through this this airport. And finally, we get to the gate. And I kid you not, as we get to the gate, they are calling, like, our names. They're like, you know, Timmy Jones, Lance Jones. Like, this plane is literally about to take off. We're backing out. Hey, honey, we're about to start a new life in Puerto Rico. (laughs) 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 Because, like, I mean, that's just how my mind thinks. I'm like, crap. Like, I've I've never missed a flight in my life. And, honestly, it's a huge fear of mine to miss a flight because I'm like, I I don't understand what happens after that point. That and having the wrong limb cut off. We found (laughs) the the real truth of Lance. Yeah. So... Long story short, we finally got on the plane. We had to sit in different seats, though, which, you know, kind of sucked going back. But that was probably the most stressed out I've ever been uh, trying to get back from vacation. And you had to do the walk of shame because everybody was ready for the plane to leave. Oh, yeah. And you get on your name forever. Here come come these losers. You get the head around the corner like, who are the buttholes (sighs) holding us up? But I was so disappointed with Timmy. I'm like, come on. Like, this, I'm thinking, like, this is like a life or death situation. Like, you got to book it. (laughs) And I'm kind of like, come on. Like, she's like 10, 20 yards back. Yeah, she was already ready for a new life in Puerto Rico. Right. She was good. She was like, no, I don't want to go back to Tennessee. Yeah, I'm good. She was looking for her chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we've had any crazy I guess mine and Jessica's one crazy thing we had happen on a vacation we decided kind of on a whim to go down to the beach and I think this time we might have went to like the Orange Beach Gulf Shores area of course that week leading up to us going to the beach a big hurricane was churning out in the Gulf of Mexico of course we're watching it everything we can watch 
good news for everybody going to the Panhandle and Alabama, that area. It's going south. It's going to kind of hit over towards Mexico. It's going to be some rough water, but don't expect anything else crazy. You know, you probably have to stay out of the ocean, but otherwise it'll be fine. All right, baby, we're going. We get down. We kind of drive and get down there late one night. We get out on the beach the next morning like, okay, it's windy, it's rough, like they said, but we're fine. Well, we come back in from the beach, casually flip on the TV, hurricane warning. During the night, it's taking a dead north turn that not one meteorologist in the country said was going to happen, barreling right down on us. They haven't mandatory evacuated everybody. Everybody's just kind of on alert. Still may turn, may be fine. It's going to be windy. It's probably going to come in, but it's going to push through. There's going to be a bad day or two. Everybody just sit tight, stay in the condos. It's going to be fine. Okay, we'll do that. So we go out that night, and sure enough, it starts coming in. And the wind is awful. It's raining sideways. We just kind of hole up for the night. Of course, you can hear it outside. It's like a really bad thunderstorm. We get up the next morning. It's still a really bad thunderstorm. It's stalled out. It's not moving. So we're stuck in the middle of a tropical storm. We'll do the whole, let's go shopping inland. If you went inland a little bit, it wasn't so bad. Let's go to the movies, do all that. We come back out and head to our condo. And the area you cross, there's a state park where there's no buildings or anything right on the beach. It's just all beach area down there. Well, the wind is blowing so hard that it has blown sand over the road. And you can't even see the road. So we get back to the condo. The gr- It's one of those you park in the garage. The garage is flooded. So we can't even park in the garage to get up to our condo i end up kind of wading and getting up the steps throw all our stuff in a bag we get down the car and we head north in a tropical storm in a nissan altima that is not made for going in a tropical storm and drive all the way back and we we're a good 30 or 40 miles driving over sandy roads and wind blowing sideways and people evacuating that was the time that I realized, I was like, you know, this is the time when everybody says it sucks living at the beach when these kind of things happen. Let me guess, you didn't get your money back? No. I called the guys like, hey, man, you know, we're leaving a couple of days earlier. He's like, well, just uh, button everything up and hope everything, hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> Put the we, hurricane shutters on yeah, there for me. We didn't. <laughs> well, so we decided we didn't want to exactly go back home. So our big elaborate beach trip turned in and we drove back north that night, stayed in Huntsville. I can't remember. We either played Back golf. Up. Yeah, we went. We either played golf at a golf course or went to the Space Center or something. I don't remember. But yeah, our big romantic trip ended in Huntsville. So <laughs> yeah, not exactly. Our, no babies were made in Huntsville, as you can imagine. Why? So are y'all are y'all flyers or are you road trippers? And if so, what's the longest road trip you've ever taken? So on road trips with the Knox family, it was always interesting. There were six of us in the family. Uh, I didn't get in an airplane till I was 19 years old, and I had been in 40 states at that point. Uh, so we we just went all over the place in the in our Chevy Astro van. Sweet, uh, did nice. you have the TV? In the we did not have the TV. Oh, we were not man. we were not, we were not rich, Kyle. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, that's why we drove everywhere. When I was like five, we drove to Canada. We took a pickle jar with us in the van for the express purpose of my and my my twin brother, so we didn't have to stop every. 45 minutes and pee. We oh would, my gosh. We would pee in the pickle jar. We'd only stop when an adult had to pee. Uh, and then uh, the rest of the time, we would just save it in the jar and, and, and dump it at a rest stop somewhere. Wow, pickle jar. 
I don't know. I guess that's just what was in the pantry before before we big, left. Was it a big pick? One of those big, yeah, like a Sam's. Sam's. just a normal, you know. Yeah. Howard Hughes deal. did the same type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you eat the pickles first and then use the yeah, jar? It was, it was definitely empty. We we partake to the pickles. Partake so there, of the pickles. There's always one parent driving this. Was it your dad or your dad mom? Dad drove most of the time. Yes. For well, sure. not driving the oh, car. I mean, driving the. the I don't want my kids to pee. Oh no! Yeah, yeah it was definitely dad on okay. the on the time. We you know we had places to go and and and. We had to get there the shortest amount of time possible. And y'all made it through this trip without peeing out in the van or spilling this? Yeah, we did no spillage whatsoever. Uh, That's uh, a good question. As far as I can remember. I just picture like Dumb and Dumber, you know, when he goes in the car and they (laughs) spill a little on the (laughs) (laughs) street. Did a state trooper ever ask to have a pickle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a line of like demarcation on this pickle jar? Like it gets to a certain point, like, man, if I you know, if I've had a big gulp. Yeah, I think it got a, I think it got emptied regularly on just the, going the down normally the road, scheduled just, stops. Just, yeah, or you could fling it out the window, yeah. I guess, if you had to. <laughs> yeah, just make sure that all the windows in the back of the van are up yeah. when you yeah, exactly. when you make it go out the window. <laughs> Uh, my dad would always make every trip uh, an, an adventure. He sold insurance and so he would have the these meetings in the summer and like one time he had a meeting in DC and we went through Maine on the way to DC, and I don't know if you if you've looked at a globe recently, but that doesn't uh, that's not the most efficient route. You weren't, we you weren't driving from Canada, yeah. And uh, uh, and then we one time he had a, a a meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and we went. You know, of course, we just decided, hey, let's let's just go all out west. So we went through Arizona on the way to to Jackson Hole. When we went out west. We did 18 states in 11 days, over 5,000 miles. Other than than his meeting in Jackson, Wyoming, we had no hotel reservations <laughs> anywhere. So, and like you were traveling like that today, it, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. But at the time, it was just like, hey, we'll we'll find somewhere hey, this, when we get there. This Bates Motel, yeah. Was yeah. Pretty and nice. there were we <laughs> stayed at we we stayed at a couple of really really shady places, <laughs> and uh, uh, we would do things just to to say we had done things, like we did. Four Corners, and that was the the only time I'd been in Colorado until I was I was married. Uh, but I would still tell people, "Hey, I've been to Colorado yeah, before." But I, you know, had a leg in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, we we got off of the interstate at one point and drove five miles. Saw a sign that said "Welcome to Nebraska." Got off the next exit, turned around, and went backwards. And my all I remember, my dad looking in the back of the car and just saying, boys, tell your friends you've been to Nebraska. <laughs> and that was that was it. And that like stuck with me. And, and years later, I was in college, or I was actually in graduate school and visiting some friends in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And they said, yeah, we're only like 10 minutes from uh, from Louisiana. And I said, hop in the car. We got to go. Yeah. I got to go to Louisiana. Yeah. And that's I, we drove across the bridge, pulled a U-turn and went back. And I was like, hey, I've been to Louisiana now. And so yeah. that was just checking another state off the list at that point. Nice. So how many states did you and your family go to? Together, we had been to, I think, about 40 states by the time I graduated high school without being in an airplane. I bet that airplane ride at 19 was terrifying. Yeah, it was, I was incredibly scared the first time I, I got on a plane because I'm scared of heights to begin with. And it was I just had n- never experienced yeah. that. And then you peed now, the, that when you peed in a pickle jar on the yeah. airplane. That was yeah, really know, awkward. Yeah, was, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know they had a bathroom. Yeah. Excuse me, Stuart, just kind of get a yeah. pickle jar. Yeah, a pickle yeah. jar. Coach they wanted me to put it in the uh, in the overhead, but I was like, I think I'm going to hold on to this one. <laughs> Jansen? Now, I didn't go on like a family vacation until I was about 13, I think. But I do remember like the second time we drove to the beach, my dad was in the boat business and he had at the time this, I mean, the old school like Suburbans, like in the 90s, which were like tanks. And we were going down in that and he was bringing a saltwater boat from 
for us to go fishing. And at the time, they had had a jet ski too. And I noticed he was like putting a hitch on the back of the boat trailer. And I thought, well, what's he doing? So come to find out, he was rigging it up and he was going to pull the saltwater boat and the, the jet, jet ski, ski from, from, you know, Jolton to Panama City. So you're about 45 it? foot long at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a it's, suburban. It's yeah, probably suburban. Like three it's miles a gallon yeah. here. Yeah. It's like a 27 or 30 foot saltwater boat yeah. with a with, with a, a jet, jet ski, ski behind yeah, it. no joke. So we made it all the way through Tennessee before we got pulled over the first time. <laughs> the, fir- the, first time. the first time. Alabama from, gets you every time. From, from like Alabama until we got to where we were going, we were pulled over, it felt like, every you know like 50 or 60 miles some cop would pull us over and somehow nothing ever happened it was like you know we're going down this you know i'm taking these down to the beach or whatever and then we got pulled back we got pulled over coming back coming out of florida on the same trip but our road trips were you know it was usually south 65 there was you know there wasn't much deviation from riding 65 and times have changed too that suburban like my grandfather had a bronco and man, we as kids, we rode in the back. Like yeah. there was no oh, car yeah. seats. There was no like, all right, y'all get in the back, and we'd be you know, back there playing board games and card games. If you did that now, you'd be arrested. Oh, what about oh, the yeah. station wagon that right. had the seats? Yeah, oh, yeah the, the sideways facing seats. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We had a four Taurus like that. It was. Yeah. It was quite the, you could uh, lay if you were a little kid like those cars. You could lay up in the back, in the window, back window and let the sun hit you, fall asleep. Yeah, it's crazy times. No. Yep. So I've got an eight-year-old and a four-year-old, and there was about five years before I would ever put our kid in the car for more than like 30 minutes, <laughs> like because my mother-in-law lived a half an hour away, and for the first couple of years of my first kid's life, that half hour was like an eight-hour road trip. This was pre-DVDs and the headrest. Well, it didn't. It, it was just she was just so into her routine that if she wasn't in bed at seven o'clock, yeah. it was hell to pay. Yeah, and so I didn't. I was like take her on a road trip are you crazy that 30 miles is a road trip yeah. and so I'm, the very first one we did was to chattanooga and it turned out fine in hindsight it was okay yeah we did one very similar to what you're talking about last year we went to destin which is an eight hour trip is the first time we ever drove eight hours with the kids turned out okay made it there we got there on a sunday afternoon Found out there was a hurricane coming through, Hurricane Michael. Maybe you heard of it. <laughs> At one point, we were in the eye of this hurricane. Woke up the next Monday morning. It was getting closer and closer. It was supposed to hit on Tuesday morning. I'm talking to my brother-in-law, who's in the in the media news, and he's like, you need to get out like yesterday. You hurricane that out. leveled like Mexico Beach. Yeah, this it is, was yeah, coming in. Yeah. It was coming in. I've never been in a part of this before. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fill my car up. And there was a line 50 deep to get gas. That's when that's when your heart starts racing. Like, holy, yeah. this is this is serious. Like, people are really heeding this. I never forget. I went for a run that morning. And I came back. I was and I, and I told my wife because we had already decided we were gonna stay. I told her. I said, we're leaving. If it was just us, I'd be all about it. Right. But we got an eight year old and a four year old here. Uh, we were with, with other friends that had young kids the same age. I was like, this is not responsible. Right. To, to, to do this you know of course you're thinking the whole lower level of the house is going to get flooded out you right. know we're going to be in like 50 feet of water us and about 12 million other people decided to bug out 
out of Florida that day. This is when they turned the interstate going only one direction on yeah. both sides. Yeah. yeah, you know, you always, when you're driving down, you always see the hurricane route. Like, I wonder what that hurricane route's all about. I can tell you all about it. Yeah. yeah. Tell you all about it firsthand. So we, we drive out. Everything was fine about the first two hours out. We get, I remember we got all the way to Birmingham and it took like, which is about four hour drive. And it took us about eight hours to get there. And I finally got to the point. I said, I cannot, I cannot drive anymore. I am done. Just like Lance always says, I am done. I'm I, done. Can, I cannot <laughs> do this anymore. I mean, it was like everywhere you look was traffic. You get off traffic. You try to take a back road traffic. Hmm. We stayed the night. That's a, that's a glimpse into my hail. Oh, it, it mine too. It <laughs> yes. was totally mine. And, and the kids, God bless them, they did good, but they were sick of being in the car. And we literally spent the entire day in the car. <laughs> and we weren't, and we were still two hours from home. Next morning we get up, we stay in a hotel. Next morning we get up and go to go back home. And, and I said, I told my wife, I was like, this is the last time we will ever drive. I will never do this again ever. I don't care. I'm never <laughs> driving to Florida again. Famous words. Famous last words. So Adam, I have I have similar thoughts about traveling with kids. I've decided that I will never again travel with kids during the daytime. I have changed up my traveling style and i now travel through the night it's the best time to do it. we take off i don't know sometime around midnight just for a short trip we went from atlanta we, we drove back from atlanta to nashville we uh, you know wake the kids up at like midnight just throw them in the car and literally no stops i mean sure it's only like four four and a half hours but no stops from atlanta to nashville no traffic it was beautiful and then on the way back from destin we did the same thing and i literally think it only took us one stop i mean i'm serious it's like unless you're about to pee your pants or we're about to run out of gas, like we're not stopping. And like my poor wife, I think she was pregnant at the time. She was probably too, too even scared to, to say something that she wanted to stop. But uh, that middle of night driving spectacular. It's just you yeah. and the truckers. Oh, you just yeah. get in that it's cradle awesome. and hammer. You and it your favorite awesome. podcast, Common Denominator. That's right. But if I remember correctly, there's more to that story, right? There Adam? is a little bit more. There's I one, think there there's is. one final scene to the story. So, uh, so yeah, we get home, and I'm still, st- I'm like, and, and we get home, and we're watching the coverage on TV right. of what is hitting. And it, of course, it didn't hit right where we were, but it hit close. And at the time, I was glad we got out. I found out the next day that it didn't hit where we were, that actually that area was... Yeah, Destin was fine, It right? was basically untouched. Yeah. I talked to... We had rented a house for the week. Uh, keep in mind, we had checked in on Sunday. We left Tuesday morning. So we weren't even there 48 hours, and we had paid for the entire week. Got back, uh, talked to the people that owned the house. They said, you know what? If you want to go back, we'll give you two extra days. And my, <laughs> my first thought was, are you are you nuts? Yeah. I don't ever want, I'm never driving, doing this again. Yeah. And I call, I, I call my wife cause she was at her mom's and I was like, I was like, listen to this story. They, they want to, they want to give us two more days. And we, we chuckled and they were like, I don't know. You want to do it? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, long story short, we did it. <laughs> you were back. We, less than two days later, we drove back. It turned out to be a, a fantastic trip toward with the a, end. With so. a good story to go with yeah, it. Yeah. And about 2000 miles. That's really what crazy family vacations are all about, making memories that will last a lifetime. I'm really thankful for my parents who always made it a point for us to have a great family vacation that we all can enjoy. So it's kind of been my goal as a husband and as a dad to pass that along because I know there's just a limited number of chances that I have to make those memories. James 4.14 says it best, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So I encourage you all not to wait to that next year to take that crazy Griswold-style family vacation. 
make the most of what you have while you have it. So from the common denominators, here's hoping you have a great summer filled with fun, laughter, love, and a whole lot of memories. And one more thing. In honor of Memorial Day, the denominators would like to say a thank you to all the Gold Star families for the honor and bravery of your loved ones in service and sacrifice to this great nation. Words can never express enough gratitude to the people that God gave the warrior's heart who are willing to die to protect people they will never know. God blessed your family with one of those rarest of people, and we know that they are missed every day. They have left this world, but they will never be forgotten. And God bless you all. I leave you with these words from Jesus. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Happy Memorial Day from the Common Denominators. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. The denominators are Ryan Smith, Kyle Binkley, Daniel Knox, Jansen Hart, Lance Jones, and me, Adam Ray. Thanks to Chet Roberts for providing our music. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CommonPod. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-P-O-D. And if you have a question or a comment for our group or you'd like to submit an idea for a future podcast, please email us at commondenominators at gmail.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N denominators at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.